Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. I'm sure you've already noticed, but it's been a pretty hot summer. That record heat we've seen worldwide can do a lot of damage to the environment, to infrastructure, and to our own bodies. It's even hurting our sleep. The University of Copenhagen published research earlier this summer, indicating that as the climate warms, people are losing sleep, a lot of it. We find that about 44 hours of sleep are lost per year per person. Kelton Miner is the lead author of that study. He's a researcher and PhD candidate at the University of Copenhagen. He's here to tell us how much sleep we're losing already, how bad it might get, and why getting a good night's sleep is so important. This is The Decibel. Kelton, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. So it's been pretty hot this summer. Um, and I know for myself, when it's hot like that, I really don't sleep very well. How, how have you been sleeping through all this heat we've been having? You know, it's actually where I am in Copenhagen right now. A, a heat wave is in progress. So it's sort of hot and stuffy. And uh, the last few nights I've been struggling to sleep, which is very ironic given that I studied this <laughs> topic. And lo and behold, uh, don't have access to air conditioning like most people in Northern Europe. So it's mm. been tough. So what made you want to do this study on, on heat and sleep in the first place? Yeah, so we spend a large chunk of our life asleep, but still growing numbers of people around the world don't really get enough sleep, even though we know it's really important for our health and human functioning. And so before our study, relatively little was known about how ambient temperatures outside, which are actually warming faster at night in most regions due to human-caused climate change, impact human sleep outcomes globally. So that was really the main motivation was to try to fill this evidence gap of how the outside temperature that we're living with and that we're exposed to affects our everyday sleeping patterns. Hmm. Why does it matter if we get enough sleep or not? We, we know that sleep is important, but really what is, what is the issue if we don't sleep enough? Yeah, so sleep really is fundamental for so many aspects of our daily functioning as humans. Um, sleep helps to regulate our mood, our emotions. It even is involved in the clearance of neurotoxic metabolites that we produce every day, just doing the cognitive work that we put in every day as humans. It also is really important for human performance, uh, not just for athletes, but for everyday coordination and it's really important for our cardiovascular health as well. And why is it that nighttime temperatures are changing more than, than daytime ones? Yeah, so what's really interesting is that minimum nighttime temperatures have been increasing faster than daytime temperatures in most regions globally uh, due to anthropogenic climate change. But at the same time, more and more people are also living in cities where the surfaces that cities typically are composed of absorb energy during the day from the sun and release that at night as heat, which contributes to the urban heat island effect and also nighttime warming. Mm, okay. 
so in the study you did, what did you find? What is happening to people's sleep as the nights get warmer? Yeah, so we conducted a planet-scale uh, natural experiment where we linked over 10 billion sleep measurements from sleep-tracking wristbands across 68 countries with local weather and climate data. And what we found was that warmer-than-average nights harm human sleep globally and unequally. So people sleep less, and the chance of having a short night of sleep uh, steeply increased as temperatures became warmer. And importantly, we found that this hidden human cost of heat was not distributed equally in the population. So the sleep loss per degree of warming was twice as large among the elderly compared to younger or middle-aged adults. It was three times larger for lower income versus high income countries. And it was significantly larger for females compared to males. Even though we find this strong relationship, it's very likely an underestimate of the true uh, impact of nighttime warming on sleep. And the reason why is that even within our sample, we see that the groups that are less represented in the sample in the study, including uh, females and uh, the elderly, as well as residents of lower income regions, um, are disproportionately impacted. And given that those same groups were less represented in our study, we can already state that, you know, we uh, would expect our results to be an underestimate of the true magnitude. But it also may be the case that people that have access to personal sensing devices, sleep tracking wristbands, the internet, are probably better off than the general background population, especially in the lowest income regions around the world. How hot does it have to be for people to feel these effects? Yeah, so what really surprised us was that sleep erosion or the loss of sleep due to temperature occurs across the temperature distribution. That means that even in the winter, we found that unusually hot nights reduced how much people slept compared to their normal baseline. But really importantly, we found that the effects become much larger when nighttime temperatures exceed about 10 degrees Celsius or 58 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, so it's not just happening in the summer, then this is happening kind of all season round. So anything above 10 degrees Celsius, then you're actually seeing a difference. Is that right? Yeah, so at 10 degrees Celsius, the impacts become marginally larger, and they become progressively larger from there. Um, such that on a really hot night, say a night that exceeds 25 degrees Celsius, we find that on average, people lose about a quarter of an hour of sleep. We actually found that already suboptimal ambient temperatures are eroding a lot of sleep on average per person. Even at the beginning of the 21st century, we find that about 44 hours of sleep are lost per year per person. So, so sorry, that 15 minutes a night turns into 44 hours per year then? That's exactly, that's exactly right. So hmm. already we are losing a lot of sleep due to suboptimal ambient temperatures today. So why are the elderly more affected by this? One potential explanation is that as we age, our body's ability to thermoregulate uh, declines and we become more susceptible to the effects of temperature on sleep. Another interesting possibility uh, and this may also partially explain the uh, sort of sex-based gap that we see between females and males with females disproportionately affected, is that both females and for the elderly, uh, we, we know in the general population that they tend to have earlier circadian rhythms. So there's a predisposition 
for the bedtimes to be earlier for both of those groups. That's important because we know at night that temperatures decline the later the hour is. And so it may be that when nights or sorry, days are really warm, that actually heats up the uh, sort of indoor conditions that people are exposed to. And for people who usually go to bed early, they're exposed to warmer temperatures than they normally would be. Okay, so that's really interesting. So if you're going to bed earlier, you're actually more affected by this then. Uh, you, you also mentioned that people in lower income regions are more affected by this too. Why is that the case? One possibility um, may be air conditioning. This is sort of the low-hanging fruit that you know we would expect. Um, air conditioning helps to moderate and buffer against the effects of extreme heat for people in places that can afford it. However, it may be possible that other economic amenities that we don't observe in this study could be driving that relationship. So we do have to you know, um, express a note of caution. We do see this large disparity. We don't know exactly what may be driving it. Hmm. What would these economic factors be like? Could you give me some examples of what you what could be causing this? Yeah. So, you know, if you uh, were able to fly up above a city at night and look at the city and you could see all of the heat that was being released, you would see really interesting sort of characteristics in the landscape beneath you disparities in heat, even within a city. And a lot of those disparities, uh, recent research has told us, uh, come back to differences in the topography of the landscape. So access to things like green space, greenery, vegetation, and tree cover is really unevenly distributed in society and cities in particular. And we might suspect at a more global scale, looking across different socioeconomic regions, that some of those economic characteristics of the environment, which can include land cover and other characteristics that might help to cool the ambient environment, might be unevenly distributed at a global scale as well. We're looking at how one person's sleep can change. And I'm, I'm wondering, though, if people, if someone can adapt to, to warmer nights, like, does it get easier to sleep in a warmer night the more times you sleep in hot weather? This was a really core part of the study. We wanted to understand and assess whether people were adapting to hotter nights, both in the short term, the medium term, and the long term. And so we looked at this in a variety of ways. And every time the sort of results that we got were a little bit discouraging or at least worrisome in the sense that they suggest that people are not adapting very well as of yet. And so I'll explain some of those ways that we looked at this. So if it's really hot outside and you sleep less at night, maybe you just make up for that sleep loss by snoozing during the day, taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And like siesta culture, right? If yes, it's hot out, you sleep sleep in the afternoon. Exactly. There's so many anecdotes, and you know, we looked at this globally, and we were surprised to find that actually, on average, if you look at total sleep loss over the 24 hour period, as opposed to just at night, that temperatures actually erode even more sleep, not less sleep, uh, suggesting that people are not recovering that sleep loss or avoiding it by napping during the day. We also thought that maybe it takes a little bit longer, that perhaps people sleep bad on a really hot night and then they have more sleep pressure to sleep 
better the next day and catch up on some of that sleep loss or perhaps over the next week or the next two weeks even. And we were shocked to find that actually over the next, you know, seven days or even 14 days, the lagged effects of that single night of hot temperature were even greater, suggesting that people were not just displacing when they got sleep, that in fact, the cumulative effect of a hot night is even larger than just the single night effect. Hmm. What about if like someone who lives in a hotter place, like like in Delhi, India, for example, would they sleep better on warm nights because they're more used to it than someone who lives in a place like Ottawa, where it gets a lot colder part of the year? Yeah. So when we looked across, you know, the 68 countries, what we found was that those who were residing in the warmest climate regions were over twice as impacted per degree of warming compared to those who were living in the coldest regions. And this, again, was surprising to us because it did suggest that even that long-term experience wasn't enough seemingly to adapt to the effect of nighttime heat. Yeah. So honestly, I mean, losing 15 minutes of sleep a night... it honestly doesn't seem like that big of a deal, Kelton. I guess, you know, we often go to sleep a little bit earlier, a little bit later. It kind of fluctuates. Is this amount really significant? Yeah, so we looked at um, a metric, which is really important when we think about the impacts of poor sleep on human functioning, and that is short sleep. So this is when you get less than the sort of National Sleep Foundation recommended amount of less than seven hours. But different cultures measure short sleep differently. So we used um, a variety of different measures of short sleep, less than six hours and less than five hours. Regardless of the metric that we used, what we found on the population level during really hot nights, so for example, a night that exceeds 25 degrees Celsius, we found that 4,600 additional adults per 100,000 adults would get a short night of sleep. And that's, I think, really important because when you think of some of the recent large-scale heat wave events that have happened um, in North America, but also in the Pacific Northwest and even in India and Pakistan, where entire populations, we're talking about hundreds of millions of people, in the case of India and Pakistan, over a billion people, were exposed to heat waves for over a month. Those impacts really add up. And we do know from epidemiological evidence that on really hot days at those same temperatures, we do see an increase in injuries, an increase in the mortality rate, the suicide rate, and also mental health-related disorders in ER rooms. What can we do about this, though? What are some of the ways to prevent people from from losing sleep as climate change continues? Yeah, so regarding mitigation, people and societies can act collectively to reduce future greenhouse gas concentrations, to reduce the future exposure to warming that might take place. But we also know, even with that in mind, that we will need to adapt at least to some degree to the hot ambient conditions that we're seeing, especially during the summer months. And when it comes to adaptation, some people have suggested that, for instance, with cooling technologies, that you know we should be careful about just using air conditioning to solve everything, because air conditioning itself actually increases electricity consumption, which then can create additional greenhouse gas uh, emissions mm-hmm. without changes in the energy system. And so it really is going to require a full systems way of thinking about this. I think 
as a you know researcher in the space, cooling technologies like air conditioning are going to be absolutely fundamental to help people adapt. But really importantly, as a society, we need to ensure that people have equal access to cooling technologies if we don't want to exacerbate the problem. And I say that because the way that air conditioning actually works is that it brings heat outside of the environment that it's cooling and dumps it outside to the exterior environments where people who might not afford air conditioning are living nearby. And so lest we exacerbate those disparities and exposure to these intense environmental stressors, we want to make sure that people have equal access to cooling. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because we did an episode about air conditioning a bit earlier in the summer and how it's not always the best way to fix problems with extreme heat. But there's, it sounds like it's a bit of a negotiation here because in the immediate moment, air conditioning can actually help people sleep. But long term, the solution needs to change a little bit then. Uh, just lastly here, what does your study say will happen uh, as, as time goes on? Like, what are we in for if we don't make changes here? You know, we were really surprised when we conducted our study that hotter temperatures are already eroding a considerable amount of sleep today. But we know that global temperatures are projected to rise further still, even in the most optimistic climate projections. And so we expect that that sleep loss will grow cumulatively across the year. And without further adaptation, we would expect that by 2099, that will exceed about 50 hours per year per person, even under a moderate emission scenario in which we successfully managed to stabilize greenhouse gas concentrations by the end of the century. Under a really high emission scenario where we continue to increase the sort of greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere, we would expect that to approach 60 hours per person per year. So the emissions reductions that we make today will actually directly translate into how well people sleep during hot nights globally in the future without further adaptation. Kelton, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks so much for having me on. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our summer producer is Zara Kozema. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.